In this episode, we take a look at energetic states. We look at what they are, what they aren't, how to use them, and how understanding them can be life-changing. Hi, I'm Heather Wood, and I'm an intuition and ego expert. And I'm Jamie Hayhurst, and I'm an energy healer. We're both passionate about smashing the patriarchy, integrity in the spiritual world, and social justice. This is the Intuitive Girl's Guide. Hey, Jay, I have kind of a cool topic for us today. Yeah, I think people are going to like this one. I think this is going to be one that people like that they weren't expecting to like so much, maybe. <laughs> I I agree. and I, This is something I didn't know about until I met you, and it's it's such a great concept. All right, so we're going to talk today about state. Yes. Meaning the energetic state that you are in. Correct. I'm going to tell you all about it. I'm going to give you all kinds of tips for using it. I'm going to explain it. I'm going to give you things you can do to like make it easier, hacks. Oh, I'm, I'm going to give you all of that. Mm-hmm. But before we get into any of it, I need to make a big disclaimer about it. Okay. The idea of state is something that is very, if you study human behavior, you, you would probably come across learning about state. Right. If you study intuition and how that works, you would also come across learning about state. Right. The two, I have combined sort of like those two fields, right? Yes. But what most people, if you're not people who study those things on the regular, like me, come across the idea of state in sort of this way that it's presented for you to be like at peak performance and ha- like do the most stuff and be the most productive that you possibly can and always be overachieving. That's probably how it's been presented to you. Definitely. I hate that. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. <laughs> because it, it basically takes an intuitive concept and smothers it in ego. Exactly. I Because w- I was going to say when thinking about this episode that state is a really great place for people who don't feel they're super intuitive or like they're not in that sort of like touchy feely woohoo part of it. Like mm-hmm. it's a great place where science and intuition meet, which, you know, we love those points. Nice. Um, we love those places. And state is a great part of that, but it's been sold to us like this hyper masculine, hyper patriarchy, capitalism, go, 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 you know, get money, get rich quick thing. It's, it's really gross. Yeah. I'm not saying that I haven't read books geared towards that. (laughs) Right. I have, but in, in all of the, the stuff of like how to, how to influence people and how to win over people, like all those kinds of things that you read about are basically teaching you state. Exactly. And doing those things, becoming successful, being mega rich, having a bajillion followers, influencing people to get what you want out of them. I'm not against any of that. No. That's fine. But there is a thing, I don't know if I invented this term or not, but I'm going to claim that I did because I haven't, I don't think I've heard anyone else say it. You can correct me. Okay. But I'm, I'm calling it toxic productivity. Oh yeah. 
I don't think I've heard that before, but it's perfect. Okay. That has taken these concepts and, and used them and presented them as like, this is how to do it. So can you use this stuff to become more successful? Will it have a, a, a positive impact on your life? Will it make you a better manifester? Will it make people like you more or be able to influence people more? 100% yes. Yeah, this is like the predecessor of like the girl boss energy. Exactly. It's coming. We're doing an episode. I promise. It's coming. It keeps coming up. <laughs> but these have to happen first. Otherwise, you won't understand the need for that, right? Right. So yes, you can use it for that. But there is so much more of a practical everyday application for it that people miss. And right. so I want you to be able to use it for that and whatever successful, productive thing you're going to. What I don't want you to use it for is to make yourself feel shame and bad and feel like your only worth is in being productive and producing shit and doing too much stuff. That's not where I want you to go with this. Right. Well, and I think that if you're an intuitive person and you're you're hearing this messaging and you're intuitively picking up like, ugh, this feels kind of gross, you're going to leave and you're not going to like, you're going to quit that whole messaging and you're going to miss the good part about state. And rightfully so you shouldn't be learning about it from some scumbag who's trying to get you to like make money for the man, like cool, but learn it here. Learn about state here. Don't miss that opportunity because it's so much more beyond the funk of capitalism. Exactly. And I'd like to give a little example to to illustrate that a little bit. Okay. One of the most common things that I get asked is a parent concerned for their young child who is picking up intuitive things and feeling afraid. Yes. I would say that is incredibly common. And if I'm going to be very specific, bedtime is something I get asked about a lot because little intuitive children go to bed and they start to change from the state of being awake to the state of being asleep. And a lot of the boundaries they have created naturally start to get a little wonky when they go to sleep. I have lived this dilemma. I've lived it. Okay. So the thing that I do is a very quick exercise, and I'll tell you exactly what it is, for a parent to give to their children to help their child take charge of their state. Yes. I am not trying to get their little five-year-old intuitive girl to become a girl boss. (laughs) (laughs) I just want them to feel safe while they go to sleep. We want you to be the lead sales rep on our team, Sally. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like yes. that's yes. how basic of an application it can be yes. and how far away it can be from capitalism. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So just so you know, the thing before I even explain what state is, I'll tell you what I tell people to do because someone's gonna ask, right? Well, someone's like like thinking about fast forwarding to get to the point where you say it. This is I was in that place before. You need the answer. Okay. So this is what I tell people to do. And I'll explain why it's an exercise in state for you after I tell you what I do. Okay. If this is going on, I say, 
Your child needs to feel powerful. Your child needs to feel in charge and not girl boss powerful. They need to feel as though they set the boundaries of what intuitively comes in and out of their room, of their space, of their, of their energetic field. Right. So what I have them do is to get a spray bottle, fill it with water, put in an essential oil in it because smell is a really powerful thing when it comes to shifting energy. Right. Yes. Yep. Okay. So lavender is a great one because it makes you sleepy. Okay. Or it makes you come. So the spray, there's lavender in it. Give the spray to the child, have the child name it something. Okay. Um, Some kids will name it monster spray because the, they perceive being afraid of something that they can't explain as a monster. Some will call it um, protection spray. So like whatever your let your kid name it. Okay. Right. What is it that you need? They probably have a vocabulary around what they're experiencing. Okay. Yep. Have them spray it. Around you. The room. you don't spray it. You no. have them spray it. You ask them anywhere need a little extra. It is led by them. They are doing it. Right. Once it's complete, you let them know, okay, great. Now you've, you've fixed it. The, the room is clear of anything. It's just you in here. You're safe, all the protection, and go to sleep. Right. This works every time or else I wouldn't continuously recommend it. Right. And the reason it works is because I just told you how to put your child in a state of feeling powerful when they are afraid. Exactly. They did it. That's why you don't spray it. That's why you don't just like deal with all of it. Okay. Now, if you, we've all been there where we sit outside our kid's room in the hall, right? All intuitive parents have done this. Oh, yes, (laughs) ma'am. That's okay. You're not doing anything wrong. Right. But there has to be some element of them feeling powerful too. Right. Exactly. So what I just did by having you or have what you did for your kid by having them spray and like do an action and create safety is put them in a state when they're going to bed where they are in charge of how they feel. Right. Powerful. That state. Yep. That's it. End of explanation. (laughs) Exactly. So that's, this is why this is important for everyone, not just children. Absolutely. Let me give you my my official definition of state. You're going to hear it explained a lot of different ways, depending on like where, what department you go to for your explanation. Exactly. Okay. So mine is that state is an energetic place you're in. It's physical, emotional, and mental components factor together to create your state. Yes. Okay. So how you feel emotionally, mentally, and physically mixes together and whatever that is, is the state that you're currently in. Yep. When people say, Oh, I like your vibe. Ah, yes. What they're saying is the state that you're in feels good to me when I'm near it. Right. Exactly. That's what they're saying. So when someone says like, describe someone's energy, Right. If they're talking about it as a whole, they're meaning their state. And that's why different people can describe your energy as different things, because they're probably observing you in different scenarios. Exactly. So the vibe, your vibe is people's interpretation of your state. Exactly. And, And where does frequency come into state? So the higher... I shouldn't say 
Yeah. The high of five. If you are physically feeling well, if you yeah. are emotionally feeling well, and you are mentally feeling well, then your frequency will be higher. Okay. Right. If you are feeling low in any of those, two of them are high, one's low, all low, whatever, it's going to pull down more because you're going to be feeling emotions and having thoughts and feeling physical things that are lower vibrating. Gotcha. So that's where frequency comes in. Right. And that affects sort of the level of state. Exactly. Exactly. It alters your state. Gotcha. State is something that every human naturally creates. You make your own state all the time. Right. It's not, I don't have to teach you how to um, create a state. You're in one currently. Right. Exactly. (laughs) You already created it. What I do teach people and what I want to talk about today on this podcast is that state is something you are in control of way more than you think. Yes. And a lot of people will say stuff like, oh, I'm tired today and I'm just destined to be tired all day and I can't do anything about it. And that's okay if if you're having a day where you just need to be tired. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. In fact, it's toxic, completely toxic to just alter your state into always being happy all the time. That's not a good thing. Yes. But you can still do your day and feel better. You can have a better experience in your day if you know how to control your state. Wouldn't you say that sort of this country's lack of emotional intelligence would re- would relate to our inability to manage our own state? Absolutely. Because we're taught that, we're taught that like emotions just like take us over, right? Like you're all of a sudden furious or you're all of a sudden super sad or something happens and that emotion just takes you over. We're not taught that we can process them or move them or heal them. Right. So then we wouldn't know how to manage our own state if we can't manage our emotions. Yeah. I mean, we're conditioned to believe that emotion is a flaw. Right. When emotion is or shut it up or. Yeah. Emotion is something that serves you. Right. Like anger and rage are two of the most valuable emotions you will ever feel because they in them in themselves create you like create the environment for you to change if you want to. No, Heather, anger's bad. We're never supposed to be angry. Especially women. Oh my God. Right. But I'm sorry, have you ever seen an angry woman? She's changing shit. Easy. Well, that's what you always say to me. You know that when I'm fired up, I'm about to level up. Oh, that's why I love it. I always say I love an angry woman. And it isn't because I want women to be angry, but I love a woman allowing herself to be angry because she's about to like move a fucking mountain. Right. Exactly. I just dropped an F-bomb on the podcast, Jamie. I loved it. You're fired (laughs) up. Fired up. You're in a state, Heather. (laughs) So if if you go like, oh, actually, my emotions serve me. If you understand intuition and ego, and even furthermore, we're a race of human beings who don't study human behavior. Correct. No, we don't understand it. It's not, you're not taught it in school. No, you're all supposed to act the same way all the time. You're just supposed to like submit and conform. Yeah. Hide your emotions. Don't have them. Just do what everyone wants you to do. And then people go like, well, why don't, why don't people understand state? 
Well, because there's no groundwork for them to understand the concept of something. Right. Like and there's right. lots of room for people to come in and use this in a toxic way if you don't like really look at where it comes from. Right. Exactly. It's weird that we don't understand how we operate. It's weird that people are blown away when I explain to them why they do the things they do. That's a weird, like if aliens were studying us, they would be like, what a weird thing. Right. But if you want people to just sit for eight hours a day and do the same thing for 40 years, then it's better if they don't understand state or emotions. Well, that's an excellent point because it's weird, but it's also on purpose. (laughs) Absolutely intentional. Yeah, exactly. All right. I want to tell you where I first encountered learning about state because I think it will help you understand it in a different way. Okay. I guarantee you it's not what you think. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I first learned about state as an athlete and as a dancer. That's not what I thought you were going to say. And I would like to explain that because those are two places where something like state is allowed. Good point. Okay. So as an athlete, I was constantly taught that whatever you do, like I'm going to, I played a bunch of sports, but I'm going to use softball slash baseball as like the reference point here. I know, I know Jay, that sports analogies make you so happy. (laughs) Sports. Love love them. Go team. Go team. Go. (laughs) So even if you're not a big sports person, I think that this will help you understand state though. Okay. I was taught very young that let's say you're getting up to you're you're the batter. Okay. You're going to get up there and you're going to hit the ball. The pitcher's going to throw it to you. Okay. You, before you go into that batter's box, I was taught that you, you focus on what you want to happen. So you picture yourself getting a hit. This makes me mad. I don't, (laughs) okay. I can't wait for you to respond to this. So you picture yourself getting a hit. And so you go in and then you picture yourself getting a hit. You know, a lot of times you're getting like trash talked by the the catcher behind you. They're trying to put you into a negative state, like think you can't do it. So you're taught when you play a sport, how to overcome that and how to put yourself in a state of like, there's no way I'm not, I'm getting a hit. Right. And I, I remember very specifically my dad saying to me, what are you thinking like I was having trouble. I was like on a streak of not getting a hit. Okay. And I was playing softball at kind of a high level. And my dad was like, what are you thinking when you go into the box? And I, I, I went, I'm thinking, I don't want to strike up. I'm not going to strike up. I'm not going to strike up. So he says, so you're entering in a state of complete focus on striking out. Yes, um, you are. Okay. So my point to this is that athletes are taught this. They're taught to go in with a certain posture. They're taught to fake an emotion. They're taught to just, and but you can't really fake an emotion, by the way. They're just taught to call upon an emotion they're not currently right. having. They're right. taught to think in a certain way. The thought patterns that are going to work and not work, they're taught that. That's what state is. That's why fake it till you make it is a thing. It's a very effective Because you're not really faking it. You're actually just calling that state to you. And then it, and then it clicks in and you're you're in that state. The witchy way to say that would be conjure it till you naturally just experience it. <laughs> the, thing, the thing with the sports is that when you were talking, I, I it used to make me so mad, you know, because we're from Massachusetts and I live in Boston, which is like title town, right? Like it's uh-huh. all sports, sports everywhere. And I would always hear about these stories about Tom Brady and how 
-hmm. he would visualize winning, how he would like have these like big visualization sessions about like, you know, throwing the ball and it being caught and winning and the Super Bowl and this and that. And I would always be like, this is the only time we're allowed to talk about visualization. Like, like it's weird if I talk about it, but if Tom Brady wants to visualize winning a Super Bowl, then like we all make these exceptions for it. Right. Yeah. If Tom Brady has a vision board, we're cool with it, but we can't have one because we want to like manifest one of money to pay our bills. Like it's so silly. Right. So, I mean, but, it, but that it's a perfect, and also I should add that your father is like the king of state. He's like, I've heard so many stories about him just absolutely bossing state. Um, excellent. Excellent though. I love that story. Yes. So I will also say that as a dancer, and I think this would be probably similar if you're trained in like acting or any sort of like performance, right? That you are taught to go into a state to portray whatever you're portraying. So for example, if I was doing a very emotional lyrical dance piece for you back in my dancing days, I wasn't actually experiencing that stuff before I walked on the stage. But the reason it looked good and that I was, was because I entered the state that reflected that. That's really interesting. One time, this is a great story that you'll love. One time I was cast in a musical to play a prostitute. (laughs) I love it already. (laughs) And I had to do a dance number as a prostitute. It was in the, it was in the play carousel for anyone who's a musical. Oh yeah. So I was one of the the ladies of the night dancing. I had a killer costume. It was great. But when I went out there, I was in the state of someone who was a prostitute. Now, no, no hate, but I have never actually been a prostitute. And when I, before I walked on the stage to do that number, I wasn't pretending to be a prostitute for like all that. I would just snap myself into the state of what that character was and what that dance needed to be. And then I would snap myself out of it because I also was in the background of like a bunch of other scenes where I wasn't a prostitute. So that's what state also is. Right. Gotcha. And I'm kind of over explaining it because I really want people to understand that it's not this like one weird peak performance at your job concept. It's literally everywhere. I also think that we hear the word state and sometimes think of like that shady hypnotism that we talked about in our hypnosis episode that like we think that if we are changing our state, we're all of a sudden like immediately susceptible or vulnerable to something. Yeah, exactly. Where it's something that you're actually more in control of when you're like using state, right? Right. Like you're actually more in control of your own faculties. Yes, exactly. (laughs) It's the opposite. Right. Whereas when you're not, you're just kind of reacting and like your state's being created based on your reactions instead of what you're choosing. Yes. I also think it's, this is a weird side note, but you know, when people see a celebrity sort of like outside of like them being a celebrity, they're just being like a normal person. Mm. And you're like, Oh, it seems really weird. It's because they're in a very different state. They snap into like a performer state when you right. see them there. And they're not in that state when you see them outside of that. Right. That's a great point too. It's a very different energy. Right. And don't you think that that's what happens when you're on the sort of like healing journey that I think we're all on if you're listening to this podcast, but like, when you finally 
are tired of being tired or tired, you know, like, like when you're healing something or you're tired of being sort of victimized by something that Mm -hmm. you're like, I don't want to feel like this anymore. I'm not, I'm done feeling like this. And when you have that actual like epiphany moment, I think that that's when you're allowed, like you, you allow your body to adjust the state. Exactly. 100%. And I think that's why you see a lot of people seeking this knowledge when they come on this journey, however they do, because they start to realize a lot of times by accident that they actually have way more control than they thought. Right. Exactly. It's like a lot more power. Exactly. Right. Okay. I want to tell you about another example of state because it illustrates why humans know how to do state. And I think it might make you think deeply as you're listening to this podcast. Okay. This story, you know, Jamie, and I think it's what you thought I was going to say in the beginning. Okay. (laughs) And this is that when I was a little kid, I would, I was one of the kids who had trouble going to sleep. That's why I'm so good at telling parents what state to put their kids in. Okay. Because when I would go lay down and start to rest in my room, I would see like with my outside, like outside eyes, dead people. Yes. I would see them with my inside eyes while I was awake, but something about the transition, I would start to see them. And based on the society I'm growing up in started to realize that I should be scared of that. No, I shouldn't. I didn't ever need to be, but that's what happens. Right. Right, Exactly. So I would get afraid if I was alone because I was just like dealing with it. So one of my parents would stay upstairs with me and like, Often it would be my mom, often it would be my dad. But what I would notice with my also very highly intuitive father, right? Told you so. I know, right? When he would walk in the room to check on me or to say goodnight, all of the energy of all of the things that were like scaring me would back away as if they were like respecting him, right? Yes, right. Respect his boundaries. But that wouldn't happen with me, okay? Now, as an oldest type A, most of my trauma responses go along the lines of like not needing any help from anybody human. (laughs) I did not like that. I needed my parents to be upstairs with me. Right. Okay. So I was trying to find a solution. So what I started to do was notice my, my father was doing his state and mimic it. I would mimic his posture. I would mimic the way his energy felt. I would mimic the tone of his voice. I would mimic it. And all of the energy would back up just like it did for him. Love this story. And I was faking it. I didn't feel any of those ways, but it was still working. And what I was doing, not knowing what that, what I was doing, what I was doing is emulating his state. Right. Exactly. That's how you listener learned to create state by emulating your parents or whoever was like raising you when you were young at the time. So like, Six years old is always the one with the biggest influence. So I'm going to say like between the ages of like two and eight, whoever was like the influential adults around you, you create state based on them. Exactly. And that might not be super healthy. No, no, no. Right. So that's why you then feel yourself in like a lower vibe state a lot is because that's what was modeled for you. Exactly right. So you need to just like anything. You need to do stuff authentically to you, not just based on your conditioning. Right. 
not just based on emulating anyone, even if it was like a highly intuitive, powerful, you know, wonderful father like mine, I need to have my own way of being powerful. I need to create my own state for that. And that's going to be different. So I want to take a break and then we come back. I want to talk more about how to create it, how to stay out of like the toxic element of it and what that really is that I see in this, in this area, in this part of the world that we operate in. Yep. And then I want to teach you how to create it and show you how it works so that you can use it. And then you can even help your kids or the people you love around you to use it. Perfect. We'll be right back after this short break. All right, Heather, it's season four. We're here for another season and we still have our favorite sponsor, Restoration Coffee. What coffee are you drinking these days, Jay? It goes back and forth between a Rachel and a Paige. I'm still drinking my Americanos. So if you want a fantastic cup of coffee to go with listening to the IGG or any other podcast that you might listen to, check out Restoration Coffee. You can go to their website. It's restoration-coffee.com. Check it out and tell them that the Intuitive Girl sent you. Yeah, can't go wrong. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey y'all, it's Jamie with a little shameless self-promotion. We've had a lot of people reaching out asking about distal Reiki. So I wanted to let you all know that yes, you can book a session with me. If you'd like some distance Reiki, get in touch with me and we will set it up for you. Let's talk about what we're obsessed with this week. All right, Heather, this week we're obsessed, but I'm also, I think we need to use this as a little bit of a call out. Yes. We need to, we need to do a call out. And I know some people don't like this, but I also know this is the reason why a lot of people love our podcast is because we do the call outs on people, especially like the white women, Mm -hmm. which you and I both are. (laughs) Yes, we are. (laughs) Um, But this is also a call out that we felt called out when we listened to. So it, this isn't like a preachy call out. This nope. is like, join us. <laughs> Correct. Join us in the recognition of this. So there's been this whole trend. Yes, we are still talking about TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Don't worry. Um, but for months, we've been seeing this trend on TikTok with women talking about in heteronormative relationships, um, talking about their husbands and and calling them out for what they're, what's now being called. And I love this term weaponized incompetence. Yes. I love the term too. Love it. So it's basically saying that like the burden is put on women who are in heterosexual relationships. The burden is put on them to basically do everything. And that men have learned that if they show that they're incompetent and that they can't manage something, 
that the woman will just take it over because it's easier and it's faster just for them to do it themselves, right? Yes. And when we hear about this, we all go like, oh, right? Right. It's a moment. Right. It's a big moment. My husband and I, we've had like many conversations about weaponized incompetence. Um, Not that I think that he's (laughs) necessarily doing that, but I do think that that there's something to look at in your relationship when you are looking at where gender expectations are, you know, things like that. I think it's important to look at it. And also we both, I'm raising two boys, you're raising one boy. Like it's also something that we don't want to teach our kids. So there's a discussion of that too. Exactly. Exactly. So this has been going on for months. We've been seeing TikToks like this. And then Heather sent one to me. (laughs) And it's basically a call out to white women saying that they use weaponized incompetence in their work as an ally to people of color. Yeah. I'm starting to call TikToks like that gut punch TikToks. Exactly. And I would definitely make you get punched in the gut too if I find one and vice versa. But when I heard that, I literally felt like somebody punched me in the gut and knocked the wind out of me because I was like, oh gosh, that is too accurate. I mean, how quick are white people in general? They claim, we claim that we're allies. We claim that we want to support the cause. But then the second we have to be responsible for anything or we have to admit to any hard truths. It's like, well, I didn't know better. Well, I didn't know. Well, how am I supposed to know? I didn't. Well, that's weaponized incompetence. Yes. You know where I caught myself doing weaponized incompetence? Mm. In struggling to adjust to people's pronouns. Oh, yes. Now, I I would never deny doing that, but I would always do this little aside when some when I was like do it wrong and I'd be corrected of like how I'm like old. Oh, right, exactly. That's be that's weaponized incompetence. That's me going like, "Oh, I'm just too old to learn this or it's hard for me because I'm old." That's that is that. It's also in another like respect, it's like giving grandma a pass for being racist. Yeah, exactly. Unacceptable. Like it doesn't matter what year they were born. Like it doesn't matter like what the culture was right and wrong still exist. Um, And that's weaponized incompetence. Yeah. If if you're just going like, oh, I don't know, or I wasn't raised that way or whatever, you can't, you can't freaking use that anymore. Cause that's what that is. We're just, and it's, the whole point of the TikTok is that like we as white women are calling out men for it and talking all about it and becoming, or at least presenting ourselves like experts in it and being like, so annoyed that we have to deal with it. But then we're turning around and doing it to BIPOC women, (laughs) the same thing we're complaining about. So it's even worse, really. Yeah. It's like wildly hypocritical when you think about it. Yeah. Yep. So it's just a moment. We're not looking to shame anybody. I think that, I think we all go through these. I think we all experience these things, but mm-hmm. you know, the more, you know, like, you know, it's like an after special, like the more, you know, the better you can do. And then, and then the better you should do, you know, once you know about it. Yeah. And it's okay to have gut punch moments like that. It's okay. Like if, if you're, if you're experiencing that and you're feeling something about it and you're not just dismissing it, you're going like, Ooh, there's something there for me to unpack. Then you're, you're doing the right thing. 
that's where change occurs is in those moments. Mm-hmm. You don't learn and change unless you have that moment of like, oh shit. Yeah. You know, it's okay to be like, Ooh, I think I'm doing that wrong. I need to change it. There's nothing wrong with that. No. And then change it. Don't just dig your heels in and be like, Oh, well too bad. I didn't know any better. Or I, I, I wasn't raised that way. Right. You, you just, you have to you accept it. You process it. And then you make moves because you don't want to feel like that anymore. That's why I do that. I don't want to be, that anymore. I don't want to be a part of the problem anymore. I want to, I want to put the work in. I put work in for myself. You know what I mean? I want to put work in for other people too. And I'm also okay with being called out. Yeah. I mean, it's not super fun, but it's important. Yeah. Right. I'm not like, Oh, I hope I get called out on, you know, being an asshole today. Like I'm not looking for that, but I also am not like going to be super defensive. I'm going to, I'm going to unpack it. Do I like it? No. Are there some times where I I hear a gut punch TikTok and I'm like, skip, not in space for that right now. Of course I'm a human. Right. But it's, it's something that you do with it instead of like shaming yourself for it. You go right. like, Ooh, an area of growth and like growing and evolving becomes something that you like seek out and you're okay with instead of feeling so defensive of where you currently are. Right. And you, you also learn that your value and worth isn't in always being right and always being morally superior. Like if you've done that work, you've laid the foundation of that, you know that your my value isn't tied to this call out. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. My response is I, I tie my I tie my response to that to my value and like and how I'm doing as a person, how I respond to that, I think is indicative to who I am. Yes well so beautifully and well said like like really like your shame doesn't belong in the place we're putting it right exactly it is like where you should be appreciating yourself is going like ooh, there's there's this blindness here that I didn't see and I've just seen it and it's uncomfortable to think about and it sucks to be like oh I think I've done something wrong here but it's also something that you should celebrate in yourself that you take the time to do that Right. Absolutely. All right. So no more weaponized incompetence, any of us. No. And I'll post the TikTok. Um, I'll post it on Instagram the week that this airs so people can see it. Okay. And I also still really love the term. Whoever invented the term. Yes. Amazing. Amazing use of vocabulary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love it. All right. Let's get, let's get back to talking about state and let's talk about creating it how you do that, how easy it is, and like kind of dispel some wrong things that you're probably been conditioned to think about it. Okay. All right. First things first, state should never be used to skip feeling your feelings. Oh, that's a really good point. So if you're feeling upset or angry or something by by something that happened, the point of state is to not be like, let me get myself out of that and into a toxic positivity place, or let me discount my feelings, or you shouldn't tell somebody else to get into a different state. You should have the space to feel your feelings. That's healthy. That's called spiritually bypassing. And we're not doing that. Ooh, an excellent term. I love that. I learned that on the TikTok too, Heather. <laughs> so we're not bypassing. We're no. feeling our feelings. But we also make the choice at some point to move out of the state of like really just feeling them. Right. Exactly. 
And sometimes we move out of the state of being affected by them because we have to. Like an example I would think of is like if you're dealing with something really upsetting, but then you're going to pick up your young child and you don't want to like bring that there, right? So you can return to it later, but it should never be used as like a toxic positivity tool. So yes, gotcha. Okay. Feel your feelings. (laughs) Always. State can be used for performance, like I said, with athletes or, um, I don't know, even in the intuitive world, when you see like a medium, like start to do their, like their whole thing when they're doing it, you can see them click into a state and then you can see them click out of it. Like it's very obvious, I think. That's a very good point. Okay. So it can be used for that, but it can also be used on a daily basis for you to go for the most part, how do I want my experience of life to be? And then Mm. am I feeling that or not? And then altering so that you have the best possible experience whenever possible. Right. Exactly. Not so that you can girl boss the shit out of everything. Not so that you can just, you know, go be Miss Capitalism USA. No. If you want to use it for that, it will certainly work. But you don't need to actually so that you can have really great experiences. And in order to have the best experience as you go through this weird journey that we're on called life, right? I feel like I just entered a Prince song by accident. But um, when you're doing that, if you understand state, then you're going to be able to have better experiences. Such a good point. So that's why I think you should use state. Also, if you're in a terrible terrible situation, having terrible experience, it can help you better navigate it. Yeah. As you're talking, I'm thinking of different times in my life where I could change my state or where I have like, and to your point, there have been times where like really catastrophic things have happened. And it's almost like I, it's almost like it's easier for me to switch state then like in an emergency place. Right. Mm -hmm. You want to know why? I do. Yes. Because you have experience in that. Okay. You are consciously choosing when you're in a really negative space to switch states. So like, that's like a a very conscious experience. Whereas when you're going through your day and you can't figure out why every little thing is irritating you and you're exhausted, you don't have enough energy. You're not thinking, Oh, I just need to switch states right now. And this will be better because you don't have as much consciousness around that experience. Right. And I think when you're in an emergency state, it's like, it, it feels like a survival response, right? Like it does. I have, I have to get to this other state yeah. so that I can survive this. So if you're just having a grumpy, bad day, it doesn't feel like the, the push to, to change it. Yes. Mm. I would, I would like to give an example of this in by telling a quick story and I'm going to warn everyone ahead of time that I make myself sound like a real badass in this story. <laughs> I know what story you're going to tell. We're a badass in the story. Well, thank you. So you've heard me talk a lot on the podcast about um, Riley, my youngest son's accident that he had. So he was on a bike. He was doing a trick, flipped over, went over, flew over the handlebars and landed on his chin. Yep. Bad concussion, broken jaw, broken teeth, broken head, all kinds of stuff that we're still dealing with. But it was such a traumatic event. My my son was med-flighted. 
Okay. And whenever anyone just hears that, who's a mother, you can remember the episode we did on empathy last week. You can see them experience the horror of what that must've been like. Cause it's on their list of like, shit, I better not ever go through. Yeah. It's like a flinching moment when you think about that. Yeah. So that's what I went through going into the trauma center in children's hospital, dealing with all the stuff, not knowing if he was okay, you know, going, going through all of that. Okay. Right. It's a very scary experience. If you're a mother who's ever been through it, when you're, first of all, you have to go on a helicopter. Um, you know, all of this kind of stuff is scary. Then you're wheeled in. And then, you know, if your child has ever been taken into a trauma unit, that is a very traumatic thing just to watch. Right. Of all of the, there's like 20 people that ascend on them and start, you know, I watched his clothes be cut off. Like there's all kinds of things happening that are very scary. There's all kinds of terms going on being thrown around the room that are frightening. Okay. Right. So during this process of dealing with this for my son, I used state to get through it. Yes. Now to survive that. Now I'm going to talk about how good I am at it in a second, but I want, <laughs> I want to tell you that I study and teach state, so I should be good at it. But also I grew up in a home with a brother. My brother is a type one diabetic. So there was a lot of medical emergencies that occurred for me as a child, even outside of him. It's just right. part of my childhood. So right. I would also like to say that if that is your experience too, a state where you're dealing with a medical emergency is going to be a little easier for you to click into because you have so much experience doing it. Right. Okay. So that's my experience. Now my, I chose my state as I was dealing with it. Right. And you, I had to make that choice really quickly because you don't have a lot of time when you're dealing with something like this. So I already had a state where I deal with my kids not being well. Okay. Most mothers do. I think they're probably just not aware of it. Yes, they definitely do. And what the state involves is sort of a statement and all states should have some kind of statement. And I'll talk about that in a minute, but the statement is what does this state do to serve? Okay. Me and everyone else. Right. So my statement for that was to be the best possible rock and advocate for Riley. Yes. Okay. Now, then it was very easy to alter all the other elements. I'm going to go over the physical, emotional, and mental parts of state in a minute, but it was very easy to alter them based on that statement because I knew what I wanted. Right. Right. And so then my, my posture, the way that I spoke, the way I was thinking, what I was focused on, how I was operating was all based around that. It happened very easily. I didn't have to invent any of it. I just went, this is how that will go. Right. Now, I was asked by not exaggerating, maybe six different doctors, if I was like in the CIA or if I, like, how, what are you doing to do that? How are you doing the thing that you're doing right now where doctors are turning and, and being respectful to you, a, a lay person, right? right? Where you are appearing calm in the face of something incredibly scary, right? Like, right. I'm being asked this. And before you think I'm too much of a badass, as soon as I was told he was okay, I passed out. (laughs) (laughs) Your body needed a break from maintaining that state for so long. Yeah. And then I popped back into the state. I know how to do it. Okay. It's fine. But I just want to create some balance to the story. Right. 
Um, but the reason that I could do it was because I know how to do state. And when I would feel myself getting afraid and slipping out of state, I know how to snap myself back into state. Right. Okay. People will ask me sometimes like, oh, when you're doing important work with people in a session, right? And they're telling you something really deep and they're in a tough place and you have to be the one to help them out of it. How do you do that? And the answer is state. Yes. How do you go from speaking in front of a large group of people to hanging out with your kids without it feeling weird? The answer to that is state. Right. Basically the answer to all of it. So state is this thing that really serves you. And if you look at it as how can state serve me in the experiences I'm going through, you will keep it in a healthy place. Yes. If you look at it as what state should I be in to you know, like take over something or to hurt somebody or to please other people or whatever, or to skip feeling something, then you're going to be using it in a toxic way. Well, and to your point with your example, if you had done all of that, right, like you were strong with Riley, you survived it. But then if you had then come home and then not talked it out with anybody, had not processed it, then it would have just been that you had like shoved it all away. Exactly. You didn't do that. You changed your state so you could get through it. And then you processed. Exactly right. You still have to do all the work. You can't skip right. the emotions. And I think a lot of people would ask me like, how did you stay so calm? Or they would almost accuse me of being different than them because I was able to stay calm. Right. And it's not that I wasn't, afraid. Like, how are you not afraid? How are you not upset? I was all of those things. I was just not in a state where you would see what you would normally expect someone to look like when they're feeling that way. And to be perfectly honest with you, my posture, my physical posture, when I am upset looks calm all the time and it throws people. You're the same way, Jamie. People always think that we're like, in control. And it's literally because of the way we hold our bodies. Yeah. And as you're talking, I'm realizing that a lot of, I I think I just have a different name for it, but I think that like all the, um, the management that I do for people, like the, like energetic management that I'm doing all the time is actually me just managing my state all the time. Yeah. And using your state to help influence other people's states. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely something like, that's why like if I'm teaching a concept, if I'm speaking, you know, back when you could be in crowds, remember that? Um, I'm I'm going to be in a, a powerful state, all right? right? Not because I'm trying to have power over you, but because if I'm in a powerful state, it will influence you to be in a state where you can relax and take in information. Right. If my state, when I enter to teach you about something is not powerful, you won't believe anything I say. Yeah. If you're unsure or nervous, it's not going to get across the way you want it to. Exactly. So let's talk about the components of state. Okay. Okay. Because physical is the easiest one to use and it will immediately influence the other two. So we have physical, emotional, and mental, right? Yep. Your physical, the physical one is the easiest to use and will immediately influence the others. I think a lot of people think of their physical energy as being influenced by your emotions and what you're thinking. And it is, but it right. also works the other way. Yeah. I think I, the first thing I do is I change my posture. 
Yes. Okay. So your posture, your movements, your body language, how you carry your body into a room will influence the way you're thinking and the way you're feeling, not just that of other people. Yes. Okay. So if you are sitting in a room and you are slouched over, you're leaning on your arm, you have your like head resting on your hand and you are breathing really slow and you're like, that's how you're sitting. Even if you're thinking happy thoughts. Yes. Even if you were feeling good when you started, you are going to slowly start to think negative talk thoughts. You're going to slowly start to feel tired and you're going to slowly start to go into a uh, like weird mental and emotional place. It's going to start to deteriorate based on how your body is holding itself. Right. Exactly. (laughs) The same thing is true. However, if you would like to feel differently. So let's say that you are tired. Okay. You didn't sleep well and you didn't even get to eat lunch or have your after lunch snack. <laughs> the yep. world has arranged itself in a way that you couldn't do those things. So you're t- right. you're hungry and you're tired and you don't you have got to go do stuff. And because you're hungry and tired, your mood and your thoughts are all negative. Right? If you hold your body in a way that you are not tired and you just like sit there like you've just had a great meal and you're energized, you're immediately, your whole energy react as if that's true. Right. It's going to match that. Exactly. So it's, it's so influential and people don't realize how easy it is to change. Right. I mean, you're going to have to eat and rest soon, but if you need to get through something, that's how you do it. Yeah. It's not like, oh, you know what? Heather said, I don't ever have to sleep or eat anymore because I can just hold my body in a way and I'll be good. That's not what we mean. This is to get yourself through if you need to. Right. Because right? think about this too. We're taught that in order to have energy during the day and to like be productive, right? Because that's what everyone wants everyone to be. Right. In order to have a good day, you need to have a good night's sleep. You need to eat and you need to drink all this water, Right. Yep. Okay. But it's also true that you have had really terrible night sleeps, not eaten well and not had any water and had a great day. And it's also true that you've had all the sleep and that you've, you know, eaten all the food and drank all the water and had a terrible day. Exactly. Those things don't actually dictate that stuff. They support it, but they don't actually dictate it. Your, your, your physical posture, the way you're holding your body, your body language, your, your thoughts and your emotions are what actually dictate that. Right. Exactly. So having the good night's sleep, taking good care of yourself, eating while drinking water are all things that are going to make that state easier to be in and maintain, but they're not creating it is the point. Gotcha. Okay. The mental element to this, I don't think people understand how easy your brain is influenced. They definitely don't. It's so easy to alter your brain and your brain does not understand the difference between something that's really happening to you and something you're imagining. That's true. It has no idea that there's a difference. So if you're about to go do something and you're nervous and you keep imagining yourself, um, 
like screwing it up or fumbling it. Right. And you're just like, Oh, I'm going to fall. This is going to be bad. This is going to be tough. Your body thinks the bad thing's happening. Right. Exactly. And it starts to hold the stress of that and the emotions of that. So it's affecting it. Right. Right. So the same is true. If you decide the good thing is true. Right. And again, I know this borders on sounding like toxic positivity. And I, that's why I like really harped on it before. And I'll keep harping on, harping on it. It's that right. it shouldn't be used to skip how you feel. You're allowed to feel negative states. Those are totally allowed. But you're also allowed to move into a different state to have a better experience. And you're also allowed to know you're in control of that. Right. And there are also underlying issues that are different for every single person. Like you might be talking about someone who you say like, oh, try to switch your state and they can't. And it's because their ego tells them that feeling, you know, feeling powerful or feeling in, in control is not safe. Exactly. exactly. So it's not, like a, it's not like a quick fix. We're not trying to say like, oh, change your life in five minutes. You know, that's not where we're coming from with this. We're giving you some tools to, to change things, but realize that your own life experiences are shaping how your body reacts to things. Exactly right. Exactly right. And in fact, one of the notes I have to go over is that the oversimplification of state is used in toxic positivity to teach people to manifest. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You know, the whole, the secret thing, right? Yes. Yeah. That is an oversimplified, I don't hate the secret, but it miss, it's missing a lot, right? Yeah. It's an oversimplified version of altering state, right? It, what the yeah. whole concept of that is, is to create a state that matches the thing that you want. Exactly. But it misses all of the like, it's actually very healthy to like feel how you feel and negative emotions don't actually detract from manifesting. They actually help. Right. But it's the idea that you can go into that state and then move to another state and then move to another state. Like that's what we're talking about. Does that make sense? Yep, exactly. Okay. So I'm going to show you how easy it is to alter your state based on your thoughts. (laughs) Okay. I've used this example before. It's just really good. So I'm going to keep using it. I just want you right now, everyone listening to imagine that you have a lemon in your mouth. It's in your mouth. Feel what it would feel like on your tongue. Um, think about if you like lemons. Think, just imagine the size of it sitting on your tongue, right? I'm going to tell you right now, all of you, your mouths are watering. Yeah, mine is watering, and I already know this trick. <laughs> yeah. And spoiler alert, you don't actually have a lemon in your mouth. But your right. body sent all the signals as if there was a lemon in your mouth because I said it and you pictured it. And your brain's just receiving information. It doesn't know if it's true or not. Exactly. Exactly. So one of the things that I get asked in my current job a lot, because, you know, part of what I do is, you know, whatever issues are are happening or whatever someone's going through, I'm going to go in and I'm going to listen to it and then direct us somewhere else. Right. I'm really good. Okay. The reason that I can do that easily is because I know what state to go in to do it because I'm not allowing, if I'm focused on my state, right? I'm not allowing all the things someone's saying and the thoughts I'm having about it to affect what my state is. That's an excellent point. So if I'm hearing some, a complaint and it, it like personally triggers me. Yes. In this work state in doing my work, when I'm in that state, I don't explore that. 
because I'm busy. I'm in the state where that's not what I'm doing. I'm in a state where I'm not affected by that. Now, later, when I'm not in that state anymore, when I'm not in charge of directing things to be in a different way for a bunch of different people, I will sit, I'll go into a state where I can deal with that. Right. And you sit and you look at it yeah. and you, you analyze it and you look at what that means for you. What does that mean about you as a person? And also what does that mean about the business? How can I make changes there? Like yeah. you do the processing. Exactly. And that is just another state. Processing right. is a state, right? Yep. So it's it's just going like what state serves what and knowing that like that's why you see people with the ability to not react or to go through something like I did with Riley and to be able to deal with that. Like anyone who's ever been told they're good in an emergency is just good at state. Right, exactly. That's it, right? Okay. Yep. Um, so the mental element, think about your inner dialogue right? And think about what you're focused on. Okay. Focus is another one of those kind of like kidnapped words and concepts. Yeah. It's sort of like become a, like an attention span to be productive or something. I don't mean it like that. I mean like what during your day are you like really driven towards accomplishing? What kind of, what are the majority of your thoughts about? And where are you putting your attention? Exactly. That's focus. So yeah. those types of things. And those are, are controllable things. Yes. Again, I'm not asking you to skip the ones that you're having because then you're going to miss all of your intuitive downloads if you do that. <laughs> not a good right. idea. Right. What right. I'm saying is what kind of experience do you want to have? Are your thoughts in line with that at the moment? And if they aren't, recognize that and make a decision to either go in the state to process them or go in the state to think different thoughts. That's, that's the decision you're making. Right. Okay. Now, do I think it's as simple as like, oh, we'll just think better thoughts and you'll have a better life. No, (laughs) that's ridiculous. Okay. It is ridiculous. And it's also offensive when people tell you that, by the way. It's so offensive. Happy thoughts. Oh, okay. I feel so much better now. Oh, why didn't I just decide to think about happier things rather like, oh, my bad. It's scary out there. Oh, well, you should just stop thinking about COVID. Oh, great idea. Great idea. Um, We're not talking about that bullshit here. Okay. We're going like, okay, I'm having a lot of fear thoughts around this and it's not serving me right now. So I recognize that I'm having them, but I'm going to move into a state where I'm focusing on this instead. That is a healthy way to use state. Right. I'm putting my attention elsewhere because this doesn't feel good. Yeah. I would say one of the most common ways to alter your state is to, to be like, what can I control here? <laughs> right. Whatever that is, direct your focus towards that. And that is an immediate state alterer using like using the mind to direct. Yes, exactly. Okay. Lastly, we have emotions, right? The emotional element here. Right. Okay. So this is like the language that you're using, not your inner dialogue, but what you're saying to other people. Okay. This is like your, um, your mood. Okay. But this is also how quick you are to react to your own emotions. Okay. Good point. It's not skipping your emotions. It's going how, how quick and how much am I reacting? Like emotional intelligence uh, to me is being able to create a little space between the emotion that you feel and the action you take based on it. Yes. Agreed. Okay. So in, when you're like trying to alter your state based on your emotions, you should never be like, Oh no, I feel sad or scared. I don't 
want to feel this way. These are negative emotions. It's going to lower my vibe. I better only feel positive ones. Like, no, (laughs) not a good idea. Okay. But it is going, okay, I'm feeling these ways. Do I want to sit and explore them? Or is this not an appropriate time for that? So what I'm going to do is note it and then react like this, like have space. Yes. Okay. Think about the amount of times you have been triggered by something that somebody said and they didn't, it had nothing to do with you. They didn't mean to trigger you, but you had this like reaction to it. Right. Right. It's, I feel like it's every video of a Karen you've ever seen. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, and I feel like as you sort of do the quote unquote work, you, you stop reacting and you start just noting like that's, I've stopped having big reactions to people saying things to me. And I just like, will note it. It will like red flag be like, Oh, that's interesting. Let's finish this conversation and see what's up with that. You know? Exactly. And listen, it's not about being like, let me skip it. You might know. I think I need to leave this conversation because even though they're not intending to, I'm feeling bad. Right. Right. It, It isn't about like ignoring it or deciding it's crazy or or not. It's not about invalidating any of it. It's just no. about what you choose to react and the the effect that that causes. Yeah. Cause then you're, you're sent off on a different path. If you're just reacting, you're just allowing time and space for you to observe everything that's happening around you and to observe your emotions about all those things. Yes. If you want to win an argument, Okay, which is kind of a silly concept because an argument by definition isn't winnable because it's opinion, right? But let's say you want you're you're in some kind of altercation and you want to come right. out as the the powerful person in the equation. Yep. Appear calm. Yes, good point. You don't have to actually be calm. You just have to right. appear calm. And the way you appear calm is by grabbing and like clicking into a calm state. So yes holding on to a calm emotion, focusing on a calm thought, holding your body language in a way that you're in control, but you're calm and you're not, you're not like ruffled by it. doesn't mean right. you're, you're not like affected and on the inside, like screaming, but you're not, you're picking a state and that you're reacting that way. And it's going to give you a, a better outcome. It's such, that's such a good point. And it, it makes me think of how, when I'm in positions like that, I have almost I don't think I ever did this on purpose, but I've sort of created these archetypes of people that I want to call their energy in. Yeah. And they're usually people that I know personally, they're not like celebrities or anything. They're usually people I know that like, I like the way that person responds Mm. when they're in X position. Yeah. You know, like what would this person do in this moment? I'm not like copying them or like faking something, but it's like, it's more like, I want that energy that's how I want to feel. And then it allows me to tap into that state. Exactly. You're mimicking a behavior right. that created a state that you appreciated. And so you're right. mimicking that. That's right. That's how humans learn anything is to mimic. Right. Exactly. So there you go. All right. I just want to give people a few quick tips in creating state. Okay. All right. Now I would like to say that you don't actually need any tip to create a state. It's something you already know how to do and you do naturally. This is just bringing a little bit more awareness and consciousness to the process. Okay. Now I suggest (laughs) not everyone will agree with me on this. I think more people who are dialed into type a personalities will probably agree with this more. 
and okay. people who aren't will agree with it less. But I think having a few thought out states that you can pop into that you just have a name for will make your life a lot easier. Yes. I love that. There could just be the state you go into when you're at work and the state you go into when you're at home. And may I suggest the state you go into while you try to fall asleep. You probably already have those created or if not fully actualized, you have ideas about what those look like. Yeah. Cause it like. happens naturally. This is just bringing yeah. some more consciousness to it. So you can maybe uh, make those states work for you a bit better. Like they could be more effective. And when you talk about creating one for sleep, that's what they mean when they say create like a sleep routine. Exactly. Because it puts you in the state of sleeping. It tells your brain that sleeping time. Exactly. Okay. So tip one is name your state. Now, this okay. isn't for every state that you ever go into. Sometimes you just need to, like in, in the story I told you about Riley, you just need to go, what do I need? What, how do I need to show up right now? Right? right. What's the best way to serve? And that will give you your answer. You don't, you're not going to be like, wait, tragedy. Let me just go over in here and do this. Exercise. <laughs> <laughs> this is, you know, you could even do this for like dealing with a particular person. If they are difficult to deal with, like what state do I want to be in? And you can have a name for that. Okay. Yes. So yep. just to clarify, so what's the name of the state? Okay. My states are named very basic things to be honest with you, because I don't really need it to be much. I, I much more recognize it based on energy. Okay. Then yeah. I do based on like a word, but I do think it's helpful. And that I would name them stuff like work or right. confrontation or, um, calm or sleep. You know, I, I have a state where it's, it's simply a state where I alter states. Like though I go to it in between while I try to figure out where I need to be. Does that make sense? Yeah. I like that. You know, when you're having that grouchy, hormonal, moody moment and you not only can you not get out of it, you're not sure you want to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yep. To decide from that point that you're going to enter into like your happy-go-lucky state where yeah, you're, not so much. you're like a joy to be around and the sunshine coming out of your ass, it's not going to happen. Right. Exactly. So it's okay to have like a weird in-between state. Yep. Okay. So name of your state, an example of what it's used for. So what, what do you use the state for? Okay. For work, for dealing with that person, for coming home from work and not bringing work home, like whatever you're, whatever you're trying to accomplish. Right. I would then name three to six emotions you'd like to feel when you're in that state. Okay. Reason for this is, is because you got to be like, am I in the state or not? <laughs> and the, right. the way you tell that is how you're feeling. Right. You check the feelings. Exactly. Okay. Right. Describe for yourself in just a few words, what is the posture of that state look like? Okay. This is one of the easiest ways to create state or to keep yourself in it or to test if you're in it is based on the posture. Yeah, I agree. It's also, um, if you are a parent, especially a parent of like a teen or a preteen, you are so in tune to someone's state based on their posture. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Can confirm. Yeah. This is true. <laughs> okay. So if you're the state you're trying to be in is like, um, energized, powerful and joyful. 
if, if that's like the, the things that you're describing, like the ways you want to feel, but your posture is like slouched over and depressed, then you're not going to be able to stay in the state. So you've got to hold your body in that way. It's one of the fastest ways to move into a state because you have muscle memory. Yeah, you have, they have to match. Okay. What is the breathing like in this state? Interesting. Think about this. Anytime, I'm not a big fan of someone telling someone to calm down, but anytime you have been given the suggestion to calm down, they say what? Like take a deep breath, right? Mm, that's true. That's because the way that you breathe very much affects your state. Now, if I said, Jamie, be nice and calm, be just totally calm and zen. I want you to be about to fall asleep, but take really quick, shallow, deep breaths. <laughs> Yeah, it wouldn't work. No. So the same right. works otherwise. If you're trying right. to be calm, how would you breathe if you were calm? Stop breathing that way. If you're energized, how would you breathe if you were energized? If you were excited, how would you breathe if you were excited? Right? Like all of that kind of stuff is going to be what happens. Even if you're like, okay, I'm not feeling powerful. I need to feel powerful. If I was feeling powerful, how would I breathe? And you know that on yes. an intrinsic level. Like when you're upset, what if you're sitting there and you're upset and you're trying to calm yourself down, you're going to take deep breaths and calm down. You already know that it's natural. So it's yeah. kind of like bringing awareness to it, right? It's one of the quickest yeah. ways that you can alter it. It's one right. of the ways that I, I sort of do this thing. I call it like the dog shake off. Cause I don't really know what the term is, but you know how oh, dogs yeah. shake when yeah. they are trying to shake off emotions. They're like regulating their own nervous systems. Yes. You can, I'll I'll be like, let me take a huge deep breath and start breathing differently. That's sort of like my way of doing the same thing. And it works for everybody. Like Taylor Swift said, shake it off. (laughs) In the words of the great Taylor Swift. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And then lastly, you can create emotion with your body to put yourself into a state really quickly. And this is one of those hacks that sounds so silly. And listen, I've been to all the seminars where you have to do them and it feels really awkward. I get it, but it is so effective. Right. Exactly. So let me give you an example. If you are about to go out on stage and speak and you're nervous, right? If you have a motion that you do with your hands or your body that alters you into that state where you are no longer nervous and you're like in a state where you're calm and a leader and powerful and you got to transform that because you're like standing backstage and you're feeling like you're going to poop your pants, right? Right. If you do the same motion every time without having to do anything else, you will immediately start shifting into the state. Yes. I do that before a Reiki session. Yes. I'll like rub my hands together. And that literally just like switches the state to like, I'm now healing. Yes. So you can use it for anything. So like I have a motion that I do. It's like a little bit of like a a fist pump. I have a squeeze that I do. Like I have a couple of different things I do. I also sometimes just put my hands on my hips and it just alters with that motion, right? It's just a, a, a switch. And it doesn't have to be like one motion for each state. You could just have a motion you do to switch states. But I'm right. telling you, I know it sounds cheesy to do like a fist pump in the air or like a clench. It really works. <laughs> Think of it as like shifting the gear in your car. Like when you're just like changing into drive or park. Yes. Now, also, you have ones you do. You just don't know. 
right? Yeah. If you study body language at all, you probably clock it on other people all the time, what they do. Yeah. I mean, you always call mine out when I do certain ones. <laughs> and I bet you also know if you have a partner or a spouse that you live with, or certainly your kids, I bet you would be able to name what they do when they're in certain, you would call it a mood probably, Yeah. Um, but a certain state. Yeah. You have things you do to calm yourself down. Yes. Everybody does. That's altering your state. Okay. Right. Exactly. One of the most common body language things I see that I clock someone trying to alter their state is somebody rubs some part of their body. A lot of times somebody takes their hand and rubs their own hand. Yes. Always. I'm always doing that. That is like a universal sign that someone is trying to alter themselves into a calmer state. Yep. So you do this already. This is just bringing awareness to something that is like naturally an intuitive human thing that you do. Exactly. So just find out what that is and it will make it easy. Now, I was at a seminar once. This will be no surprise to you, but maybe a surprise to other people where you had to do a motion to alter your state, but you also had to like yell a word. Yep. And the word was yes. (laughs) (laughs) I got to tell you something. Yelling, screaming, singing, making loud noises are fabulous ways to alter your state. Incredibly effective. I I love them. But right. how often are you actually going to use that in real life? Are you going to just be like, oh, hold on one second and go in the other room and be like, yes, and like scream it? Like, right. no, you're not going to do that. Because we're taught that if we show any emotion like that, it's weird. Yeah. So you don't have to do that. But what I will say is, you know, that moment where you're, you're, you're really angry about something, but you're going to pick up the kids from school. This might sound weirdly specific. It's because it is. Um, and so you blast Alanis Marset as loud as you can and you scream sing the whole way there. And then when you pick up the kids, you're like actually a nice person all of a sudden again. That's using that to alter your state. That's using your voice to like allow emotion out. That's entering a state where you experience and move emotion. Exactly. Powerful. You can also use it in your life if you want. Now, are you going to look like a weirdo if you're shouting your power word before you do stuff? Totally. But maybe you're okay with that. I am not really excited about looking like a weirdo because I'm already a weirdo. So I'm just going to do the quiet hand motion. But if you're over in the corner yelling, yes, I know what you're doing. And I am yelling it for you in my head. (laughs) Exactly. I'm with you. You do you. Exactly. Yeah. So think about this. I had someone who was a teacher of, of state tell me that before you enter into any store in any building, there's, you know how there's the doors, the automatic doors, and they just open. Yep. If you want to have, you want to be the most powerful person in that, which as you enter into that store, move your hands as if you just magically open the door, like your Dr. Strange or something. Yes. And you will do it. And everyone in the class, every single person was like, that's so embarrassing. I don't want to do that. And he, you know what he said? Well, if you're, if you're in a state that you're embarrassed by that, then that's not very powerful, is it? Exactly. You're in the wrong state. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you right now, I do this, but like very small hand motions. Like I'm like, like just a little that you might not even notice that I did it. Well, it's funny because I actually do that mentally. Like when I walk into a store, I imagine like I can feel my posture change. Yes. Like I'm, I'm in a different like mode. Right. So the, even the battling of do I want people to see me make this hand motion? Am I powerful enough right now that I can make a crazy hand motion? And most likely people would laugh 
that I just did like little kids do it all the time. Right. That I just really? pretended I was like Dr. Strange or the Scarlet Witch and could open the doors. Right. Yep. Are, are people going to, some people going to think I'm crazy. Yeah. Are some people going to laugh and think it's funny? Yeah. Are some people going to be like, I want to do that when I walk in. Yes. Yeah. They are. But if yeah. I'm truly feeling powerful, I don't care. It didn't matter. Right. right. Exactly. So it ends up, even though I'm doing the little motion, I do it every time. I don't do a big motion anytime. So you can, you can say where I land there. I still think about that every time I'm walking into a place, like how much do I care what people think of me and how much do I want to have a fun experience and to feel happy? So just the idea that it's planted in my head alters my state. Exactly. It's a great point. I really hope that the next time I go to the store, I see an IgG listener doing the thing to the door. Me too. If you're doing it, can you like take a video or something and send it to us? Cause I love it. Yeah. Have someone videotape you doing it. It's incredible. Yeah. Try it just once. All right. (laughs) Everyone's already thinking everyone's crazy out there and judging you if you have a mask on or not a mask on or what you're wearing or whatever. So why not let them choose what they're judging you for? And it's the fact that you pretended you magically opened the door. Well, and also everyone's so self-consumed that they don't, they're not even going to notice that you do it. I don't think anyone's ever clocked me doing my time in motion. Ever. Okay. I'll do it. I'll do it big and like make people notice it next time and report back. But I'm just saying these are state alterers that are really easy to use. Love it. All right. What do you think about state now, Jay? I love it. And I really, like I said in the beginning, I love how it's like a really great intersection between intuition and science in the body. I love that. And I think that we all use state without knowing it. And now thanks to you, we know. It's just bringing awareness to something that you naturally do so that you can have a little more control. I think if you could, I was just going to say that word too, control. I think just knowing that you're doing it is going to give you just a little bit more control. So you're feeling more powerful in situations and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And if you're using your control to have a better experience, then what's wrong with that? Nothing. It's incredibly powerful and it's incredibly helpful. It's like being in a choose your own adventure book. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love those books. Me too. I choose feeling powerful and calm. Boom. <laughs> right. That's jump to page 37, right? Like that's what you're doing. And that's, that's a great thing to do. And it doesn't have to be tied into this toxic positivity, toxic productivity no. stuff. It can just be a way that you enjoy your life as much as possible because it's crazy out there. And why not try to have a better experience if you can? Exactly. All right. I'm going to go drink some coffee for real instead of just imagining I'm drinking coffee to alter my <laughs> Exactly. Really caffeinate yourself. Hey everyone, Heather and I have an ask for you. If you love this episode or if you love the IgG, can you do us a favor? We need you to go onto whatever platform you listen on and download, subscribe, like, love, whatever it's asking you to do. Can you go do those things for us on the platforms that you listen on? It would mean so much to us. Hey, thanks for listening to our episode. For show notes and a place to send feedback, please visit our website, embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls. Again, that's embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls.